0: Hi, friend. Welcome to the Olive Branch Mom Podcast. My name is Bridget Adler, a Catholic mom of four turned religion teacher. Each week you'll hear interviews, tips, and strategies to grow in faith and find peace in the chaos while we extend the proverbial olive branch from one spiritual viewpoint to another. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let's jump right into it. What
1: are we doing here, Bridget? Why why are we talking? What's going on? Well,
0: first, we can say welcome to the Olive Branch Mom podcast.
1: Yay!
0: Yay! I'm Bridget Adler, and I am having a co-host today. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hello, hello. I'm Amy Strauss. I'm friends with Bridget from Skule, back in the day. Back in the day.
0: And we're going to talk about the stillness diet. Yes. And first of all, talk about phone use. How about that? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because phones are really just such an indispensable part of our lives now but they also can be really uh something that ends up t- taking over and kind of controlling our lives if we don't have it in good balance
1: i think the reason the um stillness diet focuses so much on phone use is because you know as a little exercise we talk about this in in the book that we're writing but you know if you go walking look just look and see how many people are on their phones when they're walking dogs and cars dropping off children from school it's a lot and this in combined with sort of unveiling your own phone usage which i don't know if you want to talk about today i don't know if you've done that exercise but there's this horrifying setting on your phone where you can see how much you're using your phone how many hours a week you're using your phone and what you're using your phone for and it, we like to say that's like the first step of the of the diet and sort of like like looking at your relationship with your phone.
0: Absolutely. And no, I was too afraid to look last night.
1: (laughs) But let me
0: tell you, I have looked in the past and I was really shocked because when you think about what you're using on your phone, I was surprised at how much I was. I didn't think I was hardly ever on Facebook, right? But I checked it a few times throughout the day. Like Usually I'll check it in the morning and see whose birthday it is and things like that. And I'm like, oh, I guess I am on there a little bit more than I thought I was. And of course, now I'm on Instagram all the time because I'm managing our social account. But I do spend an awful lot of time in messages and email, a lot of time in messages. Because basically we're always responding. We're always on, you know, we're always looking. Plus I have like, you know, four kids that are in three different schools so I'm like, I feel like I have to be like really on top of it in case there's any messages that are super important so like I, I personally don't like having to feel so tethered to my phone and I also get like anxiety if I leave my phone at home by accident Yep, because that yep. is invariably the time that someone emergency calls me you know yeah. <laughs> we need something urgent like right now your child's in the office they're sick you know, something along those lines always seems to happen. And so like, there's like an anxiety about being detached from my phone.
1: We have a post called your phone is your ego. And the reason that that post is there is because the phone becomes what I've noticed is it becomes a part of yourself and you are outsourcing and sort of giving a, what my, my term, you're giving away part of your power to the phone when you do rely on it so much for Googling things, asking you things, finding your way, it's almost replacing um, part of your own, in my words, again, like your own power, your own intuition to just be with yourself silently and not have this thing that you're constantly sort of using. And I think we we make up so many excuses on why we need the phone, um, when really you can count on your hand the one or two times where someone has actually called you for something that was very urgent. It's, it's frequently really rare. I think we, it's in the foremost of our minds. Cause that's how our minds work. We're like, you're a mom, you got to make sure your cubs are okay. Like it's always, but it, but the phone sort of like plays into that need as a human. Right. And it's using us versus the other, or this is my perception. Is I think it uses us more than we sort of are using it.
0: Right. And I feel like, you know, you hit on it with this, when you mentioned silence, um, you know, we are filling in all of our little moments with activity with our phone. It's like a compulsive, let me check my phone. Let me see, because it's this, it's connecting to our brain in a way that's like feeding that, you know, addiction. And there are silent moments where you could just sit and look around. You can be quiet. You can ponder, you can have contemplation. You can connect with God. You can connect with the people around you instead of just silently looking at your phone in the waiting room or, just any moment, you know, like all the the parents at school pickup are just, you know, looking at their phone, not all of them, but I mean, you know, they're waiting around, they check their phone. And it's like, these are the moments that people would have connected before. And, you know, we're kind of our generation, you know, we are kind of uniquely positioned having grown up in the eighties and nineties. we know what it's like to just never have had phones and needing to use pay phones, needing to just wait by the phone in case somebody calls. And I remember I was watching an episode of Magnum PI with my oldest son. And I think I told you this in like a phone call about how like the whole episode hinged around Magnum not being able to like get to the phone on time. Like <laughs> he He's he like, oh my gosh, this thing happened. I gotta get to a pay phone, you know? And then he's trying to call TC back at the office or wherever he's at his helicopter office. And he's like, he's not picking up, you know I mean? <laughs> of course now, you know, we would, the, like you even see movies and TVs where you'll see people's chats on screen. So, you know, like they're like messages and back and forth. So it's like become such a fabric of our lives, texting and things like that that when someone calls me, I'm just like, why are they calling? This must be really a big deal or, or an annoyed, like they shouldn't be calling me. Couldn't this have been a text? Like
1: (laughs) this have been a text. Yeah. I think you're speaking so much truth right now. And I think we kid ourselves into thinking that it is like, um, Oh, I'm connecting with people now via text message. And it's like, I'm not so sure about that. I also think of like, the proliferation of like internet trolls and nasty comments on it. And I think to myself, like people are really, again, the phone's your ego. You're funneling that part of your brain that is all impulse, all judgment, all things that I don't think are really from us that are kind of from the world. You're funneling all that into the phone and it's going then out to the world. And I don't think that type of energy is really your true energy. And when you feed into the phone, it makes that part of your life grow. That's, you know, there's something I'm sort of stuck on at the moment thinking about.
0: Oh, it's a really interesting thing to think about for sure. Because, I mean, when you think about ego and phones, I, I mean, there, there's a, all a competition to have the brand new phone. Or, I mean, you look yeah. at people's pop sockets and their phone cases and the way that they're showing their personality, their, yeah. um, you know, their yeah. wallpaper or whatever, screensaver type things. It's just, of, there's just so much customization available that it really can be this bizarre little extension of yourself. And you know, and I mentioned before, like that weird yep. anxiety I get when I leave my phone at home or realize I don't have my phone. Well, I mean, why, why is this a big deal? Cause if it was a true emergency, like if I was like stuck on the side of the road, someone else would probably have a cell phone, you know, that I could use. Yep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. I'm just like, I need to have this phone. It's like a sense of safety in a way, you yeah. know, I, I can Google yeah. something if I need to, I can get a map if I need to I can call my husband yeah. if I need to you know yeah. but yeah, all those things
1: not, no, you're right, the world would not end It would. you'd find a way out of your predicament
0: yeah, and we did we did before, I mean we I remember I got locked out of my apartment when I was in college and I had to go walk to a payphone and make a phone call to my roommates with a quarter <laughs> <laughs> I think I even borrowed the quarter from some like random stranger too, you know, but, (laughs) and I had her phone number memorized, you know, whose number do you have memorized now? No one's. Yeah.
1: You have the numbers memorized that were pre-cell phone times. Mm -hmm. Like the numbers that I have memorized are like when we first started getting cell phones and I knew my father's number and you know what I mean? But now that everyone, like, after those years went by and it became less of a novelty, all that's just out. Yeah. So I want to get, I want to, I want to ask you, so I think what we have in sort of the draft now is, like, step one is, like, you know, the usage statistics on the phone, which you can do to sort of, I think it's important to say, like, state what you think your relationship to your phone is and then look at the usage statistics and see how those two things... (laughs) How those two things are different or similar or whether you were able to actually sort of put a pin on how much time you spend on your phone. And then I think the second step is just after you have that information, then being aware of how you use your phone. So going from like live, just standing in line, doing it to being like, oh, here I am in line and I feel like I want to look at my phone, like putting a name to how you use it and just being aware of how you use it I think is the second step in sort of addressing phone use within the stillness diet
0: right because I mean it's really more purposeful that way instead of just like a knee-jerk reaction and a time filler and I think it's good to challenge yourself by thinking about you know asking yourself to make a real statement like this is what I think uh, my phone use is and then doing the reality check of it and then again going forward You know, making kind of like your own statement about what you know what you want that to look like going forward and then checking it again in the future and saying, did I did I follow through on that? You know, where could I make changes? Where, you know, do I think that this is a good way of using my phone? Or, you know, maybe I need to adjust my expectations again or kind of my plans for the phone and the usage, but yeah, I do catch myself when I'm just like, hmm, I wonder if I should check my messages, you know? And, and I'm in a situation where, you know, I could choose to talk to somebody else or I could just enjoy something around me or, you know, let your imagination and your curia- curiosity go. Because I was reading um, an article or listening to a talk, I can't remember which, but they were saying like how kids, since we like are filling them up with so much media and so much screen time, depending upon your child. Um, It's just like something that's more naturally occurring now than ever before. I mean, every restaurant you go to that isn't a nice fancy restaurant, basically, you know, there's a TV screen, right? There's just, there's screens, Mm -hmm. but how like kids aren't daydreaming as much, you know, we're not spending that time just kind of thinking to ourselves. And, you know, when you think about what's the last time you were daydreaming.
1: So I think now that I'm aware of the phone usage, the moments that I want to reach for my phone, I usually resist. (laughs) And then I'm usually like observant of a little bit more observant of what's around me. I think the daydreaming for me usually happens when I'm listening to music. That's when I sort of like, my spirit leaves my body and I'm like, wherever the music takes me, that's kind of like a daydream for me. I think the other moment where I daydream and, where many people only are able to daydream is when they're falling asleep, because that is the only time you're not like, and I know, I know so many people who listen to their, listen to something to sleep, like a way to get themselves to sleep. Like sometimes even our drift off to sleep is being inundated with technology. And again, none of these things are inherently bad. I just think it's interesting to like, if you're just aware of it, and you look at your relationship to that, what else can come up? Like what other insights are you missing by just constantly feeding yourself with this phone? Because by eliminating a lot of the phone use, I have noticed I'm actually more present for the people around me. Like what a, what a thing, right? There's that. I'm also unable to sort of numb out uncomfortable feelings. So You know, yesterday, I think I told you, I had like an upsetting conversation with my husband and I noticed the first thing I did is I went to the phone. The first thing I did look for text messages, look for emails, like anything to give that little dopamine hit of like to quell and calm the anxiety. And I thought that was very interesting. I'm like, Oh, look at this is like, I went right back to those. Like, it's almost like a little mouse on a wheel, like (laughs) behavior of just like, Oh, this feels uncomfortable. This, these feelings are uncomfortable. I'm going to numb out. I'm going to look for a text message and scroll through Instagram, look at the news, anything ex- in order to not feel how I'm feeling right now.
0: Right, Anything to distract yourself, basically. But
1: the right. problem
0: is, is that the emotions don't go away. You got to go no. through them and not push okay. them away. Right. So it's just delaying the inevitable.
1: <laughs> yeah, but We all do okay. it. We all do it. We, we all, all do have it. our
0: things, our numbing things, you yeah. know, and it's, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, another thing, filling our time too much with media use or phone use and whatever else, I think that affects creativity, like a lot. I mean, I, yes, you, I mean, that's like the essence of creativity is brainstorming or um, daydreaming. I mean, you can't, that's, you know, key to innovation and, you know, problem solving and all these things. Because I remember when my kids were, really little, just from feeling like I could think because they were always, always talking or always needing something. And I just never yep. had like, <laughs> I just needed like a minute or 10 minutes of just downtime, <laughs> quiet. So I could think because I'm like, I feel like it was just reacting, 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 you know? Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of like the state, similar to the state that you get when you're just spending way too much time on your phone. Of course, we have like certain seasons where you can't seem to get away from it because people are having expectations for you. But then on the other hand, it's like we're doing a lot of it to ourselves.
1: (laughs) I agree. I think so often we blame or explain stuff that truly is out of our control. Like say your job requires you to be on call. All right. So there are very few jobs that really require that, you know? Are you a doctor? Do you, do you work for, like, is your job to post things of timely interest to a website? Yes. Like, if you're in those categories, everything else is kind of a boundary in my view. And to your point, put work aside for a second. What about your off time? What I notice is the, there is no off switch for many people these days. COVID has really exacerbated this because everyone is working from home. And there is no boundary. So the second they're off work, they're on their phone, scrolling through news or Instagram or, and they're like, I deserve this. This is my time off. But the issue is, is you are, there is no break from the bombardment. You are and it's all this, you're drawing all this energy into you. And then you wonder why at the end of the day, you're exhausted. It's because you've not managed all of what you're taking in your ability to decompress and to numb is making you sicker or in my case, I'll just speak for myself, me, me sicker and just creating that anxious state and just amping it up more and more and more. And what you find when you step away from that is like, I guess I'll uh, read a book. I take a walk. Like it's, it's really funny how you sort of are like, oh, that wasn't, that's like, I don't know what that was, but it's not reality. This is reality. And I think the reason that you feel that way is because you're finally connecting to the present moment and you're not, like a way away, looking at someone's like, you know, vacation somewhere. You know what I mean? Like you're actually present in the moment and you're not trying to escape.
0: Absolutely. I mean, it's, it's really interesting to me to think about, you know, putting boundaries on your phone use and how some people like are on a really high level of constant phone use. And then some of us, maybe not so much because I don't know if you ever get out to eat with somebody and they're on their phone, you know?
1: Yes. Oh man.
0: <laughs> That's the worst. Yeah. Like if my husband yeah. will be like looking at his phone when we're waiting for the waitress or something. And I'm like, well, who sent you a message? And he's just like, I'm just looking at the news. I'm like, Hey, <laughs> I know. I know.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm not doing that. I'm here to focus on you right now. You know what that. I mean? I, yeah, I know. This is like every every meal I have out with has been involved which is weird because at the table at home we're not we don't have our phones sure but it's only when we're out that we usually have our phones and then the phones are the first things that come out before the courses come out it's like oh well I do this for, and it's like to your point no one's doing anything it's like it's just you're just looking for that little hit of like ooh, ooh what's this online what's this online and it's like that feeling feels better than like let's think of something to say <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, it's being present in the moment camp is not always like a comfortable thing, right? I mean,
1: yeah. not it's, always, but it's like, yeah, tell me more about that. Like, well, why?
0: sometimes like maybe you're like, you're, you're, you have your own emotions and your own feelings that you're pushing away that, you know, you don't want to deal with it. So that's why you're just numbing out with your phone. But I think that, you know, part of being present is, I mean, you, the fruits of being present is like, these are soul feeding activities versus soul sucking activities. I would say like you, what you were saying before, like taking a walk, reading a book, you know, connecting with, um, the cashier at the grocery store or the lady bagging the groceries next to you, or, you know, taking a minute, taking a minute to have like a fresher conversation with your husband like, Vis-a-vis, like, maybe before when you, before you spent like 20 years together, like, what did we talk about? Right. Like, <laughs> <to talk> <laughs> but like, there are categories that are definitely like soul feeding activities. And I think that part of having like a life of, you know, joy, abundance, like abiding, you know, is to fill your life with a list. Like, I even made like a joy list. I don't know if I sent that to you or I did that with somebody else, but yeah, like you could, you should make a list of things that bring you joy. Cause these are your soul feeding activities. And I can't say that checking my phone for news is something that brings me joy. Right. But it's something that we do.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, but yeah. there are other things like reading a book or, you know, looking at a sunrise, things like that. These are the things that really fill your soul and bring you this yeah. joy.
1: I agree. The other thing um, I think we should spend a little bit of time on, too, is if there are not gaps in the day where you're being in exactly where you are. I think what happens is you deny yourself intelligence from other from other places to come to you. And I don't mean like, yeah, sometimes every once in a while you'll stumble across an article that you'll be like, oh, I never this is actually really useful for my issue, my problem right now. I want to say 99% of the time, you're just on the freaking wheel. It's the, it's, you know, it just sees this constant like bombardment and it's not curated at all. You're relying, you are totally just outsourcing any sort of like a Google search is not intelligence. You know what I mean? It's yeah. just not. And when you shut that off, you would be amazed how often in those silent moments things come to you. And, you know, you might have a different description than I on like what that intelligence is. In my view, that's just our collective intelligence. Like we are all energy, all these thoughts are energy. And if you're not present to receive that, you will never receive it. You will be constantly in this mode of go, 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 more, 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 like shoving. I just get this image of just like more, 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 like take it all in. Well, really the real food is outside of you. You know what I mean? And really tapping into that that universal intelligence you have to be silent. There's no other way to get it in. It's like, you know, that old adage about you can't fill a cup that's already full. It's that same thing. You have to empty it first, right? And by emptying is when you are literally cutting off all the stuff that you feel like is not feeding you to your point, And then allowing yourself to be quiet enough to wait to hear the still, the still voice, right? That's like, maybe you should think about this. So like the tiny little things that come to you that you're like, huh, I, I never thought of, my issue in this way, or perhaps I should like little prompts to do certain things. I think those don't come from text messages. They literally come from inside you.
0: I think, you know, that can also be similar to the experience of wanting to hear God's voice in your life. You know, wanting to have that kind of connection with the higher power, whatever that is that you believe in. Um, That always comes in the stillness. It always comes in the quiet. You know, it's not coming like a raging storm, you know, and it's definitely not coming from um, the tangle that I kind of envision in my mind. When you think about getting online or looking at a Google search, it's like a tangle rabbit hole type experience. You know, it's meant to funnel you different places and to continue to capture your interest, whether it's of any value or not. It's just about getting your eyes on the page you know, and that's why it's such a powerful thing to kind of fight against in your personal life, because everything is set up against you. I mean, these things are like well tested to capture your attention. And our human nature is just what it is. And, you know, the psychology behind it and the realization of, you know, how to manipulate people's attention levels is just something that is well known to the people that are, you know, creating this media for us. So, you know, I think it's a very like courageous and valiant thing to try to raise your awareness about it and try to have some kind of plan around it. And also, you know, monitoring your own usage of it, because again, like it really comes down to being, for me, you know, being present and being able to have that time to really contemplate and ponder things and to look at things from a fresh angle to like, reconnect with other people. And I mean, I find like really, you know, there's a lot of joy and happiness in that and a lot of peace in that instead of, you know, feeling the pressure of, okay, I got to respond to this message, you know? Yeah. I don't think it's like all that bad to say to people like, listen, you know, don't expect me, to you know have an instant response every time you message me It just set yeah. up expectations i think and boundaries for yeah. people in your lives because yeah. there's people that you know i mean they're they're there that you know are going to get back to you tomorrow no matter what you send. and then there's people that are going to be back yeah. to you in like two seconds like you know who they are but <laughs>
1: yep. it's me it's me <laughs> uh, and I think, yeah, you're hundred percent spot on. One thing you said really um, made a point really clear to me too. I think when people, so I have, um, I have a friend of mine that's going through a really rough time. She's in recovery and she's like, I just need to start working on my spirituality. And it was the funniest comment because like, hey, we're all spiritual because we're all spirit. So that's, it's just funny. And then the other thing that I thought was interesting was like, how funny that this is something people feel like they need to seek, like it's outside of themselves. Like find spirituality by not using your cell phone. I guarantee you will get a thousand times further than if you, you know, no, no shame, have a meditation app on your phone. That to me is like, you're looking for it out. Anytime you're looking outside of your, it's like, it's in, it's within you. But you have to clear off the deck. You have to clear all that crap out. It's like spring cleaning. You have to remove all the clutter to really be able to see what you already have. So I think that's why phone use is such a prominent feature of the book itself is because it will block and it can block you from having these true spiritual experiences. The other thing that's interesting is I think people are expecting like a movie version of spirituality where it's like the angel appears to them. You know what I mean? Or Gaia comes to them or a fairy appears and honest to God, it's like a sunset. You know what I mean? Like that's, people get it like just seeing something that's beautiful is, is that experience and can be that experience of like whatever God is to you. It can be just that. It's the smallest things that make that big impact. I think people expect to have this big conversion moment or this big awareness understanding. And I think those do happen. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm saying it's all too common to sort of miss what is beautiful in the everyday is spiritual.
0: Right, because there's the spirituality lies in, you know, these facets of God that are things like truth, beauty, and goodness. Like these are the things that, We are attuned to, you know, and that creates this kind of feeling of a presence of the higher power, a presence of God, you know, it's like when you see something truly beautiful, you know, it's just like a marvel, you know, and you just are in awe of it. And that's how I am with sunrises. I feel like a special thing with sunrises because not everybody's up to see those depending upon the time of the year, you know, everyone's kind (laughs) of around at sunset, (laughs) There's something a little bit more special and quiet (laughs) and like renewing about a sunrise because it's like, it's that assurance. Like the sun is going to rise again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, it's rising on all of us. It's like every day is new. Every day is fresh. It's just, you know, this is the day the Lord has (laughs) made. Let us rejoice and be, be glad. It's like that type of moment. You know, it's like, this is a day that's created for us. This is our blank page. This is our moment you know, I always have like these, like, uh, you know, not every time I see sunrise, but I have that little bit of feeling like that. When I see sunrises, I just don't get the sunset. Like the sunset's beautiful too. I love that too. Cause then I can marvel at, you know, the beauty that it's always a little different. It's always incredible. It's kind of like, there's things that are created in this world just for our personal enjoyment, like flowers, roses, like they don't have to be that beautiful. (laughs) They don't have to be the colors that they are to attract the, you know what I mean? That the intense diversity of all these different creations. I mean, this beauty is just for us to, you know, reconnect with that, like the majesty, the glory, like these things that are beyond us because, you know, there's so much beyond us. And I think like a lot of the root of anxiety is just getting too wrapped up in, you know, right, you know, right inside yourself, like looking too far back, looking too
1: far forward forward. Yeah. I think you put it really well. So I think, you know, shifting to some of the techniques we have in the book in terms of like, you know, being aware of how you use your phone and then different ways of sort of managing, um, how you interact with it. And I think one approach can be sort of like using the technology to your benefit. There are tons of different, um, things that are already in your phone that you can use to sort of manage how often you use it. Um, one technique is to sort of like have a, a math problem on your lock screen, which I know would lock me out every single time. Or like a <laughs> oh question.
0: Oh my gosh, I've never heard of that. That sounds horrible.
1: Like a, question, <laughs> a question on your lock screen, like why is this important?
0: Oh, Just yeah. as a reminder,
1: you could have a picture on a lock screen. You could even have sort of, you know, a statement on the lock screen, like why, why, <laughs> or something to, to jar you out of Because when I start to numb out, it's almost like I'm moving on autopilot. And it's like, when I see the screen, it can be a reminder of like, what are you doing? It's like, what am I doing? I don't, I wasn't even thinking about what I was doing. I was just moving, you know, once I think the concept of sort of like rewiring your brain in terms of like, well, I feel when I feel this way, I reach for the phone. Mm -hmm. The purpose of the stillness diet is to be like, well, you can't do that anymore. Or you can, and you'll be reminded. It's almost like, you know, we can't make the phone zap you, but like, can you, use technology to your benefit to sort of remind you that you are going to take a break from using the phone to sort of numb yourself away. The other technique I've seen people use is if they charge and place phones in drawers. So say you're working in an office all day and your phones are in the drawers and not next to you. I think that's very powerful. The out of sight, out of mind technique of just like literally storing them and using when you're using them, using them for the phone. Um, yet another technique is like, you know, setting an time aside for the day just for phone use and then you like binge like crazy and (laughs) get all your system what I find is the more I'm less with the phone the less I take enjoyment in the things I used to use the phone for if that makes sense and that makes me happy because again when I when I would use the technique of like well now's your time to use the phone I never came out of it feeling good there's something about the energy of the cell that like it just makes it doesn't make it like you know like when you finish a walk you feel good you see a sunset you feel good you look at a flower you feel good. I've never felt good binging on Instagram. You know <laughs> what I mean? I've just never. And I think I think clearing the deck and using the phone intentionally will remind you how you feel when you use it. You know what I mean? Like oh I don't I'm not feeling awesome right now. Mm. And then you use it less. That's the goal.
0: Right because you're getting it in a concentrated dose. <laughs> so right. I'm actually. Yeah, reinforces that, yes. you know, experience that you're having. I like the idea of putting phones in drawers because I think just having a phone out, I think I've read an article too, another article that said um, that if a phone is out on a table while you're eating a meal with someone, that alone can just hamper conversation. Yep. Yeah. People are I mean, glancing at it, wondering if it's gonna going to, you know, send you notifications or whatever else. Yep. But I mean, what do you okay. do with your phone at night? Because we, I always plug my phone in downstairs in the kitchen, I go up to my bed. <laughs> the phone That's is not exactly. with me,
1: you know? Yep. That's what I do too. And the other thing I really watch for is in the morning, the first thing I want to do is reach for the phone. So what I do is I unplug the phones. Um, I, I don't look at them first thing. I do, I take care of what I need to take care of. And then I will look at them maybe like before breakfast for a few moments, just to clear the deck then they go back in the drawer until I need to use them again. But yeah, I think waking up to look at a phone immediately, again, what what are you bombarding yourself with? The first thing in the morning, the first thing in the morning, you can't hit yourself with that stuff first thing. So I really try to build in some time for, I do my meditation. I do my, you know what I mean? I do my convening. I convene, right? Before I open up that Pandora's box of stuff and then close it as soon as I can.
0: Well, it's, yeah, I mean, I... I think morning habits are super powerful. I mean, this is like how you set your day. I mean, even just making your bed alone can make you feel like you accomplished something (laughs) the first thing in the morning. You're left with something neat that looks good when you return to your room. It looks good. You know, it gives you a sense of pride or accomplishment that's maybe subtle, but it's there. And I think, you know, having good morning habits in terms of how you handle your phone is something people don't really talk a lot about. I mean, you'll talk about, okay, morning prayer habits, like, or morning devotional or morning meditation, or, you know, the first cup of coffee, like the, you know, just these initial moments in life. But I don't think that the phone is getting into like as much of that conversation as it should, because, you know, I was doing, I'm doing this Bible study right now with a couple of friends on, um, priorities and, um, the The author was bringing up how when you, you know, reconnect in the morning in prayer or Bible study or whatever else that your, your spiritual practices are, this is a way of re- reinforcing your identity, which I thought like, whoa, your identity. Yes. Because like, you know, if you're a Christian, your identity is like, I was created by God, you know, with a purpose, with a plan you know, I, I'm a beloved child of God, you know, this is my true worth. Like you are rejecting the lies that are out in the world about what's important. Like you are connecting with what is really important, you know, like your soul, your heart, you know, yourself, this is like the true self-care, right? It's not like taking a bubble bath, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. I totally and 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 the concept of displacement is so strong here. I have once had a colleague who had such an anger problem, and I remember him walking around with green tea one day, and I'm like, well, "What are you doing?" And he's like, "Oh, it's I, I read this thing that said, you know, green tea really helps control anger." So, I think <laughs> that's funny. funny. Does? I'm going to try. <laughs> it, it 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 reminds me of um, you know, like a famous meditator who's like renowned for meditation who um, is an alcoholic or checks his phone obsessively at at stoplights, you can be knocking it out of the park in in a one, like one spiritual level of your life. Like, Oh, look at, I'm just world renowned and I'm just such a great meditator. But if you live your life, that is it, that is with your head out of the cloud. You know what I mean? You're not really connected. You're not grounded here. You are off somewhere else. You are numbing. You are doing this and that. You can't help, but address, you will never address the, the issues that you're working on. Drinking tea, green tea does in its in and of itself do nothing for anger. Anger is an inside job. So it's like, that's the other thing I see happening with the self-care conversation is like, try a hot bath at the end of the day. It's like unhelpful. How about leave your phone at home? How about that? <laughs> like, or Or even once you've done that, like that is just going to, it's not, like I said, it's not good or bad, but it will clear up so much for you. You know what I mean? So much, even just the pinging of the notification that alone, just, just Mm -hmm. being around people who have that gives me anxiety. It's not even my phone, but it's just like the feeling of like, come look at me. It's like, no, the phones don't tell me when I look at them, I decide I I'm in control, but like you are ceding control when you give off so much of your physical life to this device.
0: Well, usually if I download an app for something that I need, then I, they'll ask me, "Do you want to allow notifications?" And I think, "No, I no. <laughs> <That's laughs> don't want you to me.
1: I don't need anymore. I don't and need I think, anymore."
0: People are overwhelmed right now with this with the input because, you know, they were before, but even more so now since Correct. the pandemic began because yes. we're just we moved to another level. Of um, acceptable communications, we're doing so much more, um, you know, webinars and Zooming and online meetings and just exchanging things via email. That you know, I mean, let's just face it: like human beings, we've evolved, but we're just we're still the same people that just needed to like rise with the sun <laughs> and you yeah. know slowly accomplish these physical tasks of the day. It's like our brains and our bodies are not ready for this level of input that is just like unprecedented now. Since It is unprecedented. You know, I, I,
1: I don't feel like we've evolved enough to match the technology of the phone. I feel like the technology has grown more than our consciousness or evolution can match. And I feel like sometime it will catch up, but I think it's up to us to establish a boundary there and to figure out how we're going to interact with it. Um, The other thing that I was thinking of when you were sort of discussing this is like, you know, I think you grow to appreciate your phone more when you use it less. It really is quite an exceptional thing. Here we are recording this for people on a phone. Like, it's amazing. And and when you use it less, I think like the Marie Kondo of like this, like, I kind of appreciate you more phone. Like, you get me places, you keep me in contact with my grandma, you look at this photo I can just take. Remember when we had the carry around cameras? Like any, oh Like the,
0: Remember when like you wouldn't take a camera to like when yeah. you would go out with your friends because be, yeah. it's too expensive. You'd be worried yeah. to get broken or lost. Yeah. And now we're carrying Correct. around these like, you know, $1,000 phones <laughs> giving well, them to children. Like
1: that too. The phones ha- like it, it carry such a hefty price tag now. And obviously phone companies, it's in their incentive to sort of like, all these data plans and stuff, you know, you can save a considerable amount of money by changing your relationship to your phone. You will not have to be on these unlimited data plans. You will not need the latest phone, right? Because you'll be able to sort of manage your relationship to it. There are benefits to sort of recrafting your relationship to it. Absent the ones where you're actually finally open to getting, you know, cutting off this overwhelming wave of of input from everywhere, you'll be able to sort of, I think, live calmer and happier, but there are, there could be some significant financial benefits to sort of changing that relationship. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's a really interesting thing to look at for sure, because, you know, I had a phone for years and years and years. And, um, I just remember my sister's like, I can't believe you're still using that phone. <laughs> and you know what I mean there's like it's like a thing you know like the latest oh, yeah. you got the the most recent and I'm like it's really not all that much different when you look at yeah. no. <laughs> you know, the information there and it's like okay, it does a few more things but then you know once I did upgrade my phone I'm like Whew, boy, did I ever appreciate that change because I'm like, I guess there was some, definitely you know like the camera way better, but I mean these there are changes, but you do appreciate it more if you if you, you hang on everyone. a little bit longer between changes,
1: yeah, oh <laughs> spoken like only a sister can can uh say right no you're still I think the other thing that 's interesting about the stillness diet that I see as a side effect is you want to consume less when you are filled with things other than input and consumer demand um, and you are, you cut that off, you clear it out and you start filling yourself with other things. Then my things will be different than your things. You have the desire starts to sap away a little bit. And I think you're able to sort of just be a better patron of the earth to sort of re look at your relationship with it's a gateway drug to a better way of living in my view, because it hits at how we sort of consume things and addresses our relationship to that. And just when you're losing your, using your phone less, you're probably looking at less real estate and getting less jealous about what's around you. And you're probably looking a lot less at other people's lives on social media, which is never the truth. FYI, but all these things, when you're cutting that off, I think you start, I think you're more satisfied in general because this, this, you know, comparisons the death of joy. Right. So it's like, Why, you know, why put your nose in that? Like, it's just a better way to me of sort of people are, again, I think, rightly concerned with some areas of climate and, um, you know, warming issues. And regardless of whether or not that's a political thing to you, I think there's something to be said for just like being a good steward of the earth. And you don't have to be, you don't have to believe in God to believe in that, right? of just like, let's look after this place because not because, you know, any scientist tells you because you want to because we live here (laughs) like just be a good steward and I feel like this sort of this is the gateway to a better understanding I think if you're wondering like what can I do better for the planet start with your phone start with your phone Mm.
0: yes that's true and I think that you know you can build a lot of contentment when you're consuming less yes sure I mean the idea of making do with what you have and Appreciating it for what it's worth, you know, and yeah. instead of continually looking for more, you know, because comparison is really the, the thief of joy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, and you hit the nail on the head, like none of that stuff is real. It's all curated to look Correct. a specific way. And, yes. you know, our homes are not necessarily, if you do not have the Pinterest house, it's fine. You know, like I, yeah. it, just as long as it makes you happy. You don't yeah. have to have like the perfect pink color that everyone on Pinterest has in their living room. Yeah, you know, yeah. if you want your walls to be blue, then have them be blue. Yeah, you know, I mean yeah. that's it's like your house, your life. And like we need to be, we're called to be in the moment. You know, not looking back, not looking forward. You know, like what is it that's going to bring you happiness right now in this moment? And, I agree. You know. There, it's it's the little things to sound like
1: yeah. right, but it is. <laughs> it is, but you can't get to that if you're constantly bombarding yourself with this external shit, right? That's not from you. I think of the amount of renovations that are going on in my neighborhood, people moving into bigger houses. It's interesting because I'm in a I'm in a fairly small house, where we're less than a thousand square feet, and yeah, it's small. And yes, we're home during the pandemic, but most days everyone has plenty of space. So I wonder to myself, if it's not, what is driving this desire? And again, we're home, we're on our phones. We're looking at what everybody else has. It's like, well, if my life were better, if I only had a playroom and I could just close the door and not see toys or my life could be better. I need a standalone office or a, stand- a shed. I need a she shed. I need, 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 need So it's like, it's very,
0: Hey, I want a she shed. Hey,
1: I want one too. It's, it's not about not, it's not about not wanting or not deserving. It's the desire, like, you know, just exploring that doesn't mean it's good or bad. Just Explore it. Explore it. What can you be satisfied with? Maybe that should be the first question. Right. But we're not, we yeah. don't like that money's cheap. Like our culture is what it is. It's like this sort of what drives us. It's very extremely counterculture to push back on that. And this is one of the parts of the stillness diet that I continually hear feedback on is like, well, that's my time though. As a mom, that's my time. The phone time is my time. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not, you know, whatever you use time, however you want to use it. Just, I want you to really be present on how you use it, how you feel after you use it, whether it's really doing you a favor or if it's, you know, if it's owning you.
0: Excellent point. Because if you really do feel like this phone time, is for me, this is my enjoyment, this is my, you know, maybe you're using it to watch, you know, a favorite episode of something on Netflix or yep. whatever. You know what I mean? Yep. That's fine, but it's about being mindful about it. Yes. You know, building that into your personal view or plan for your phone use. I mean, yep. If that means, you know, you're gonna spend an hour watching, I don't know, real housewives or something. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean <laughs> or makeup tutorials on YouTube. I you know, yeah. they make me happy too. So hey,
1: I love these new cleaning videos. This is this woman that cleans houses for free, dirty houses. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God, I love it. I love it. It's so much fun. I learned new cleaning tips from her.
0: So oh. again,
1: use the, use and use the technology <laughs> to your benefit. There's no reason to be a monk in a, in a temple somewhere, or like in a cave somewhere, like you're meant to in, interact with the world, be up on technology, enjoy it, but enjoy it. Setting the boundaries for it. Don't let it set the boundaries for you. because again these these i think of a slot machine when i think of a cell phone it is engineered to draw you in that's the technology behind it you will never win right it will yeah. draw you in that's the whole purpose of the phone that's how people make but i guess again know that you're not making money off of it so usually making money off of you of your usage of it so just be really mindful like i already you know this this cleaning lady i already bought a bunch of products that she uses <laughs> i'm like well i want her my house to be clean up so i just as part okay. of the well that is, you have to you share know, some anyway, of that with me sometime because I'm, I'm gonna have up to awesome. share it. i really love her she's great i'll have to mention it we, we could do like a postscript i just think she's amazing but anyway so i'm part of the culture the consumer culture of like i think i'll try this power puff and see if i can shine up that uh that kettle but again like <laughs> we all have that that's part of life and living that's actually what makes human being fun is that creative like i think i'll do that yeah you know, that's fun we should preserve that but again make it work for you Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. I mean, it it really is about making some mindful decisions about your time because you have a certain amount of time, right? And everybody says, I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. But it's really about um, what are your priorities? Because we all can squeeze in a minute or two. And I think there's a temptation to think, well, if I can't devote a full 30 minutes Yes. Reading my Bible or <laughs> sitting in meditation or blah yeah. blah, you know whatever it is, then I'm not going to do it. Like that. That is one of the major blocks that I'll tend to have. It's like, well, I want to have set aside time, and they're like, oh, I only have five minutes, so I'm not going to do it now. And then it just gets pushed off and pushed off. Kind of like working out is kind of like that too. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I need to find a better time. I'll do that later, yeah. and then later doesn't come. So. No. I mean, there's value in just having like a few minutes here, a few minutes there, like these things build upon themselves. It's like that habit building kind of part of, you know, self-care or whatever else, you know, it's like slowly built too.
1: Whenever you don't think you have time for something, look at your cell phone usage. Like, and I will, (laughs) I will share. I, I like about nine hours a week, nine hours. That's a lot of time when I think of like, When I think of my goals, my joy list, and I think, when can I fit this stuff in? And I look at that nine hour, I'm like, well, you know what I mean? And again, the nine hours isn't on a block. It's like waiting for pickup, waiting for the onions to brown, waiting for... But like, it's less about what I want to do. And it's, I, I think, I think it's just more like, again, like maybe just appreciating myself more where I'm at right now, maybe not seeking something out or maybe being like, well, instead of picking up this phone, I'm in, like, I'm definitely reading more. I'm definitely playing with my child more. I'm definitely like, those are valuable things. Right. So if that might not be on your list for like me time, but at the same time, like, I don't know, they might make you feel better.
0: Yeah. I mean, these are our memories we're building. These are the things. And, you know, when you ask elderly people, when they're looking back on their lives, you know, what mattered? It was relationships.
1: (laughs) Oh man, that's such a killer. It's so hard when you're like, I want some me time. And then you think like, uh, again, it's, it's important. I think for women, it's very under, I think it's acknowledged in our culture, but, um, it's very wrapped up in this like, mommy needs her wine. And I'm like, eh, that's not for me. You know what I mean? It's like, Nat is a sober person. I don't relate to that. But I think it's like the culture acknowledges that I don't think we've solved it yet. I think we're so far away from really understanding how to give people a sense of freedom in their daily lives and a sense of satisfaction and pleasure.
0: Well, I mean, we all have kind of a different level of wanting and needing alone time. I mean, your personality dictates that. I mean, I like a lot of I'm I'm, I'm kind of like in the middle, you know. I still desire or need like my own quiet, alone time because then I start to feel overwhelmed. But I also am very social, so I yeah. I seek out a lot of engagement too. But yeah. like it's the continuum. So there's some people yeah. out there that like can survive on very little alone time, but it's, it's hard when you are in that state and you know you have to cultivate little pockets of it for yourself, but true like restorative alone time is not, you know, going down a rabbit hole of Google searches or looking at somebody's Instagram page and feeling bad about your house. (laughs)
1: Correct, Exactly. And I, you've hit on something that's really important. I feel like people wouldn't, maybe we wouldn't feel the need for such alone time. If we were not filling every waking moment with the phone, just capturing those moments of presence, might fill us and might exhaust us less than constantly seeking to alleviate boredom in our lives, numbness, unpleasant feelings. Maybe the desire to run away would not feel so compelling if we were able to like draft that new or craft that new way of being.
0: I think that would be a really interesting experiment to take a week and see.
1: That's what this is about. <laughs> well,
0: I mean specifically about people when you think about people that feel like they need more alone time. Yes. You know, like or you're an introvert or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. and that's a specific thing where you're like you know, I just need more time for me, you know, or just like quiet whatever, but mostly like feeling overwhelmed by, you know, if you have small children, that are in need of you constantly, like that is definitely like a point in life where you're like, oh my gosh, I just need a minute. (laughs) Yeah,
1: Yeah. I think, I think, like you said, it's an interesting experiment. And I'm, if we can give a gift to any young mother dealing with that right now, I would hope that this could be at least something that is to me a little bit more helpful than some of the stuff I would read when I was a young mother. You know what I mean? Um, Mm -hmm. So yeah, just not using your phone and just like, again, being there, working through it. And maybe that's providing, obviously nothing's as good as being totally by yourself. But to your point, season, certain seasons of life, that's off the table and you just have to roll with it. So it's like, how do you roll with it in the way that's going to set yourself up for success?
0: All right. Because eventually this baby's going to grow up
1: and up. he or
0: she will be like, goodbye, mom. I want you to get yeah. away from me.
1: <laughs> yeah. That will happen at some point. So it's like, you know, how will you have gotten to that point? Like what good behaviors? I think the motherhood is such a challenge, but I think the foremost challenge for me was sort of like being unable, when you are practicing behaviors that are destructive to you, when you have young children, it's like they'll, they are put under a microscope and everything that you've been doing that's gonna hurt yourself is gonna really hurt because you are under immense pressure to be responsible and responsive to this child. And if you are not, addressing some of the things going on with you, it can be completely destructive for you and the child. So it's like, again, that's why catching numbing behaviors, whether it be drinking, phone use, consumption, whatever that is, catching that before it really spirals, um, you know, we can be helpful to that. I'm all for that. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, because it's really just overall a benefit, because I mean, people think that they can do certain things that's not affecting those around them, but it really does have an impact. It and I really like yeah. the the legacy that you leave leave your children when they're independent and leaving your home and everything. It's like slowly built day by day by your everyday habits of witness. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, they are influenced for the better or for worse and nothing is going to be perfect in that regard. But no, you know, no. I mean, there's a lot that you can, you know, think about when you're, with your own habits. And I think like that's something that People are starting to realize more in regards to their phone that, that checking out means that I'm not engaging with my child, you know, And you do just, you have a, not to be like that heavy handed old mom. Who's like every moment, cherish every moment, but like, you do have a finite amount of time before the kind of like the door shuts on them being these like pliable sponges that want to be with you every second and hear every word you say, and just like revere it or at least, you know, engage with it. Like, they'll become teenagers and then eventually leave the house. So it's like, yeah, you know, you ha- your, your sphere of influence is going to, like, slowly, slowly shrink. And, yeah. you know, it, I can only say from my own perspective of having that with my two older kids. I'm really enjoying my two younger ones and pouring even more into them now that I can. And still trying to do yeah. the same to, with my older kids by setting examples and, yeah. like, continuing to engage But, you know, you are coming from a completely different perspective when you are an older parent and you're looking at back and you're like,
1: you're looking back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and
0: then you hear them regurgitate something that you would always say.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's always embarrassing. Whoa. Oh, snap. Yeah. Know it's
0: means. like a whole new awareness of yourself
1: <laughs> It's true again. And that's true. And like, you know, they see the, you're you at your best and you at your worst. I, we should do like a stillness diet special edition for the young mother, because
0: yeah. that's
1: really, for me, where a lot of this began was all these behaviors, the phone checking, the endless podcasts all day, the music all day. That's when all this really started for me because motherhood was so challenging and so uncomfortable for me. And just, you know, I wasn't in a good place in my life at that moment. So it, like just all just culminated together but yeah I definitely think that there's a lot of wisdom in this that young mothers could hear and benefit from you know even from like you know again not googling every freaking symptom your child you know what I mean like not terrifying yourself about this baby that literally they give it to you at the hospital and you're like Do you really want me to leave with this thing like I know nothing <laughs> you know what I mean it's so overwhelming this responsibility but yeah, I definitely think there's more there for us to sort of think about and tinker with in the future of like how this specifically applies to the young mother.
0: Right. Cause I could definitely hear, you know, I can hear uh, a young mom thinking stillness, quiet. Yeah.
1: Right. <laughs> laughing. Like, oh, you all are on something, but really this is where, this is where for me it all started because this that was the depths of my despair. <laughs> it was like literally God's promise, like the rainbow, like you can get through this really was the moment that I, I desired stillness. And maybe we do an episode or a talk on like why the stillness diet. I think that's definitely something that we can talk about in terms of like, where did this come from? Like where are those, the nights of the, the dark nights of the soul, the Valley, right. That's referred to so often in scripture, right? Like mm-hmm. why, like, where does this come out from? Cause it comes from trauma and chaos and, and just times of our lives that are not on Instagram, <laughs> people don't like talking about. And they certainly don't like talking about how to get out of them because it's difficult. You have to work through your, you have to work through yourself. It's, you have to go. There's no way, other way to go, but through, you have to get through it. And there's not a lot of guidance on how to get through it. I think, I believe that's, that's helpful, but this can be one of them. The stillness diet can be one of them because it cuts off all things that you might be using to harm, numb, block all the innate wisdom that you have available to you at any time, right? There's a lot of wisdom in the phrase, ask and you shall receive. It's a thing. It exists. So. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I think like uh, all the elements, of the stillness diet are relevant at every season of life that you're in. True. You know, it's, it's universal because, <laughs> you know, I would, I think right now I'm, I'm feeling even more challenged than ever dealing with teenagers. Um, I, I liked having babies. I was a good baby. I like a baby. I'm like a good baby mom. I feel after four babies, pretty well in control. I mean, <laughs> considering. But it like, I mean, when I had my first child, I never changed a diaper in my life. You know, yeah. it, like this is experience that was like hard fought <laughs> for yeah. and won. By the time I had my fourth child, but the teenagers are—it's like having a newborn all over again.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's like having a newborn all over again. There's a lot of wisdom. I think you're right.
0: It is. Or a toddler. It's like more of like having a toddler all over again. Yeah. Cause you're like, you need to
1: say, please, you
0: need to say, thank you. But then yeah. you're more frustrated because you've already taught them that and they could do it when you were three or four.
1: Yeah, yeah. The best the phrase I heard, I heard about this is when your children are four, you win when the children are 14, they win. <laughs> there's a lot of,
0: there's a lot of truth to that in certain situations. <laughs> You know, like, um, but you know, you're trying to enable these people to be fully functioning adults that can question things, that can speak their mind, that can evaluate, that can problem solve. You know, and it starts very young.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Well, yeah, that's a whole nother sort of avenue, of, like children and phones, and teenagers and phones, but. We should probably wrap this up. I think we've plumbed the depths on um, your relationship to your phone and how it's such an important step of the stillness diet. Um, Any final thoughts on this one, Bridget?
0: Um, uh, Yeah, I mean, I just really like the idea of having a a well-thought-out plan for your phone use instead of just continuing to react with it. I think that's one of the nicest um, takeaways that I'm going to personally use is to take, (laughs) take a horrifying look at my phone use (laughs) and try to portion it out as what I think is appropriate because, you know, I have been using my phone a whole lot more and my iPad really than I ever expected doing social media things for our blog. But then also I've been, you know, watching Netflix here and there, which was something I've never done. Like I've always been a very TV person, you know, like I'm going to sit down in front of this TV with a snack you know? (laughs) (laughs) And now I'm just like, you know, I'm going to watch this Netflix show. So I don't have to watch, you know, whatever my littlest child wants to watch. It's a cartoon, you know, so I'll be simultaneously watching Watching something like great British making show.
1: So so (laughs) I think our next episode hits on this, which is about monotasking and how we can streamline are the activities that we do um and how we strike that balance because i think it's really this is one that new mothers in particular are like i can't imagine monotasking i'm super excited
0: to talk about (laughs) monotasking
1: because
0: when you are a mom you know (laughs) you get driven into this higher level of intensity around multitasking
1: correct.
0: So when you become an older mom, like myself, <laughs> um, you can't, it's, it's really hard to dial that back
1: it's and really you realize, to Hey,
0: you know, I can just focus on one thing at a time, which yeah. is, you know, monotasking, monotasking.
1: The,
0: you know, the joy and the Zen flow that you get the
1: correct.
0: ability oh, yeah. to like focus on every moment and do it well, instead of just surfacely doing a ton of things. Not so well. Right.
1: Correct. Oh, I can't wait. Next Friday same time <laughs> Well
0: thank you for talking with me today and thank you to all our potential and future witness um, listeners.
1: <laughs> I like the word witness yes thank witnesses
0: you for to this yes. witnesses you for, to this conversation.
1: <laughs> thank you for inviting me as your co-host. I can as you know we can talk about this stuff at length, but no, I really had fun. Love chatting with you as always and have a lovely day. Watch that phone use and we'll talk next week about how it went.
0: (laughs) All right. Sounds good. I'll be back with another episode in one week. In the meantime, check out more content on olivebranchmom.com and follow me on Instagram at olivebranchmom. Check out my show notes for links to both. Thanks for listening.